0: book of Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 let's read that together then Peter approached him and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me as many times as seven times and I tell you not as many as seven Jesus replied but 70 times seven for this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle the accounts of his servants and when he began to settle accounts one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought before him and since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that his, he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of the servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him, started choking him, and said, Pray or pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began to begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could, could pay what was owed. And when the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. And then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also, my Heavenly Father will, not, will do to you unless everyone of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about something that is so very, very important to the health and to the life of. A saint of a Christian, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I have had the occasion in my life to run into uh, situations where uh, I thought I had forgiven someone, and then when you get around that someone. You're awkward and you don't want to talk to them and all those feelings of rejection and hurt and bitterness, they all swell back up. You know what I'm talking about? You thought that you were done with it, you thought that it was over with and then you meet that person, you run into them and then all of a sudden all of the hurt or the, the, the anger and the bitterness swell back up and you just want to lash out or you don't want to have anything to do with them. You can't talk to them, to them. you can't look them in the eye because of the anger. or you've been hurt in some way and then a situation arises in the future that may be similar and instead of addressing it uh, uh, with newfound uh, outlook on what we've learned we again swell up with anger we swell up with even maybe insecurity we swell up with all of these emotions and all of these feelings because we haven't truly forgiven Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right and forgiveness is tough Forgiveness is such a hard thing to do. We like to receive grace, but it is very difficult for us to offer grace. We love forgiveness. Give me all the forgiveness that I can possibly muster. Right? We love forgiveness. We love for if we wrong someone, for them to act like we never wronged them. We love if we make a mistake, and we are uh, make a mistake in the sight of God that causes consequences. We love for God to forgive us and wipe away those consequences, right? Well, so many times we live our lives walking in forgiveness, in that we love to be forgiven, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, we have problems forgiving others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Bible says that if you and I are unwilling to forgive, then we cannot be forgiven. Now forgiveness isn't easy, I can tell you from my own past experiences where I've been hurt and I truly have been wronged um, by people that were leaders in my life who I respected uh, and uh, they uh, acted in a a, a manner towards me that really, really hurt me and I went decades bitter and anger, I can honestly say decades of bitterness and anger and frustration and Finally felt like I had buried it, and I called that forgiveness.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Forgiveness is not getting a shovel and burying the offense. Forgiveness is looking the offense straight in the eye and saying, I will not allow you to control me. Mm -hmm. Right? If you bury the offense, uh, you guys ever heard of kimchi? Yeah. Uh, bearing an offense is like making kimchi that you leave in the ground too long. Okay. Kimchi is basically rotted cabbage and various other vegetables. I can't bring myself to eat it or taste it um, because I just can't get beyond the smell and what it actually is. But I know the people who love it, and I know uh, I know uh, someone who um, used to make their own and had family that made their own. They loved it so much they had been overseas and. He said that, that when he was overseas, uh, people would make it in their backyards. And they literally would, at the time, this has been decades ago, they would get it, all the ingredients, and then they would bury it in the backyard. But if you did not retrieve it at a certain point in the pro- f- uh, uh, fermentation process, as it's rotting, what would happen is it would explode right? Uh, because all of the gas and all of the pressure would uh, finally uh, uh, get to a point where it had to go somewhere and the only place it had was to get to the point where it would fracture and stress the container, that it would explode. Now that stuff smells. I can't imagine how bad it must smell when it gets to the point where it's exploding whatever <laughs> container that it's in. And when it explodes, the smell goes everywhere. Not to mention all of the debris and all of the refuse that goes everywhere. That's what happens when you and I bury an offense. Mm-hmm. We bury it, and uh, it, we think that it ages like a fine wine, and then someday I'll be able to move on, and I'll just uh, be able to drink it, and it'll be okay. Uh, but it doesn't age. Offense does not age well. Offense ages Poorly. And ultimately, if it is undealt with, at a most inopportune time, it will explode. And when it explodes, the ramifications sometimes are so great, it is almost impossible to clean up. I can remember uh, having this gentleman, this particular person who had hurt me so bad, and I buried the offense. I spent... A better part of a decade bearing the offense. Thinking that if I buried it deep enough, it would be okay. And I told myself I had forgiven them. Mm -hmm. Until I ran into them in a restaurant one time in their family. And every bit of anger and hatred and bitterness and resentment that had been buried exploded. I could not talk to them, look to them. They spoke directly to me. I turned and walked away. I made a complete and utter fool out of myself. In front of them, their family, and my family. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with them. Now I told myself that I had forgiven them. But I hadn't actually forgiven. I had simply buried the offense. So in our backyards, we have so many times offenses that we've buried. Mm -hmm. We've never properly dealt with. We've been offended by spouses. We've been offended by family members. We've been offended by co-workers. We've been offended by employers. We've been offended by all manner of things. Mm -hmm. Some people even get offended by God, but that'll be a message for another day. Uh, And they bury the offense. And hoping that it'll never Raise its head again. And then as soon as you find yourself confronted with the source of that offense or with a similar situation, it all comes back up. Mm -hmm. And we have to deal with it immediately. When we are offended, we have to deal with it. We can't simply ignore it. And the great thing about God, though, is, is that we have, if we have offenses in our past that we have buried, God will help us find those things and dig them up and get rid of them. That's right. But the only way to deal with an offense is head on. That's the only way. And forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget. That's why burying it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because one of our greatest gifts that God has given us is our memories to remember good things Mm -hmm. but in the process of remembering good things we also remember bad things and if you're like me and you keep score a lot of times you're keeping score of the bad things more than the good things you know what I'm saying you'll have 15 good things happen and one bad thing and you'll put one check mark for the good things and 10 for the bad things you know what I'm talking about (laughs) right you you don't keep score evenly Mm -hmm. and in your memory It becomes a weakness because we remember the good things, but we also remember the bad things. And some of us have atrocious things in our past. Some of us have things in our past that no one knows about, except you and God and maybe some close others, right? And you think that, you know, you'll never have freedom from those things. And I do not pretend to understand your offense. I do not pretend to understand how anyone has hurt you. All I can tell you is is that I serve a God that promises that he will give us peace and help us forgive. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is a choice and it is a tough choice. One of the things God made us when he put Adam in the garden of Eden is he made us volitional. He gave us the ability to make choices and act upon those choices. It's been a curse and a blessing. Because we like to make choices that are good for us and we like to make choices that make us feel good, but choices that are uncomfortable we like to stir away from. You have people that are confrontation avoiders. Mm -hmm. I'm a confrontation avoider. I like to avoid confrontation as much as possible Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. I'm not a fan of confrontation. But... When it comes to forgiveness, that's a confrontation that we don't like to deal with. Because it's hard. It means that even though this person hurt me so bad, I've got to get to a place where I don't hold it against them any longer. And the only thing that can help you do that is God. I can't help you do that. A counselor can try to talk you through that. I had a counselor one time. Because I had went to, for help. I was so miserable. And I, I went and said, and I listed all of what I considered to be the affronts against me. I mean, it was like this poor this poor lady. I don't think she knew what to expect. I walked in there, and, and I was, you know, t- t- 24, 25 years old. Too young, really, to have this many things that I was uh, 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 unforgiving about, Really. And she said, "What is your goal?" And I said, "I want to be able to forgive these people." And what she said to me was something that really at the time hurt me. But she was using human wisdom and not godly wisdom. Her human wisdom was, "Well, you won't always be able to forgive everybody. But you can learn to cope." The problem is is that the word of God says we have to forgive everybody or we ourselves will not be forgiven. Right? And not only do we have to forgive people the little annoying things, we have to forgive people of the really big things. Okay. And the only way that you and I can do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. And it is not instantaneous. You cannot just say, one day, I forgive and that's the end of it. It is a process of forgiveness. You make the decision And then you walk with God to help you live out that decision. You're going to have good days and bad days. You're going to have days where it really, really hurts and days when you feel like everything's okay. But the only way to walk in forgiveness is through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And unfortunately, we in our lives are living miserable and defeated because of a lack of forgiveness. Because of unforgiveness in our hearts. And who do we have to forgive? Well, we have to forgive ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we make mistakes. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I've made a mistake or two. That was a joke. Uh, I make mistakes. Big mistakes. I've made some huge mistakes, and if I told you, you would probably be shocked. How in the world is he a pastor today? I've made some big ones. Right? Biggins that only my family knows about and God knows about, right? I've made some mistakes. And for years, it was hard to forgive myself for those mistakes. So forgiving ourselves is critical to walking in peace. God doesn't want us to walk in condemnation. That's why he said in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ." Jesus, he does not want his children to walk in condemnation. He wants us to be free. Our conscience was put in place so we would know right from wrong. Our conscience was put in place so that it would drive us to God, not away from God. It's to allow us to recognize when we do wrong, but then, as the expectation is, is for us to call upon God and receive forgiveness. And when God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. But then that memory thing kicks back in. Because you remember all of the mistakes that you made. You remember when you did X and you did Y and you did Z. And you you you, you, you you for a moment, have peace and freedom. And then the devil comes back in and he starts smacking you around. And you have nothing but guilt and shame. When the Bible says that God casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered against us again. That means when God forgives, he never thinks about that sin and you again. That's right. He never puts the two together again. He casts them as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered again. When God forgives, God forgives. He's not like man. He's holy. He's set apart. And he doesn't hold grudges. Amen. God doesn't hold grudges. If you and I sin against God and we confess, he forgives. And when he forgives, his forgiveness is complete. When God forgives, it's complete. And so therefore, we don't have to be caught up in what we used to be and what we used to do. But we know that we can walk in who God has us to be. But the devil wants to keep you bound to your past. He wants to keep you locked up and shackled to what you used to be. So many times, God opens the cage of forgiveness and sets us free. And then we willingly allow the devil to entice us right back into the cage. The door's open. The lock is sprung. There's nothing in that cage for us. And we freely leap because God forgave us. And then at some point we allow the enemy to torment us to the place because of past mistakes that we willingly lock ourselves in the cage again. And that's not where God has for us to be. He wants us to be free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you know Christ as Lord and Savior, the spirit of the Lord dwells inside of you. And it is not God's will for you and I to walk around tormented by our past. And here's the great thing about God. In Psalm chapter 139. He says, I already knew you before I formed you. He said, I already knew the mistakes you were going to make, the choices you were going to make. He said, I already knew where you were going to mess up and when you were going to make mistakes. He said, but I loved you anyway. I chose you anyway. And your future is greater than your past. And I don't know why God suddenly put that on my heart so strongly. But someone today needs to know that your past is not defined you in Christ but what defines you as God your future is defined by God not by man not by man's prescriptions or diagnosis it is confirmed and protected by God if you struggle God can set you free from your past put yourself with people who love God who will hold you accountable and who will tell you, God loves you. It's okay. He's forgiven you. Don't isolate yourself to be alone. And don't seek comfort in the world and acceptance in the world. That's the cage. Yeah, The world is the cage. The world is what binds us and keeps us uh, separated from God. We walk right back into the trap and the world because when we are depressed and we're upset and we're feeling sorry for ourselves and we feel like, well, we just can't ever get anything right and we've messed up and we continue to mess up. And God says, don't go back to the world. The world can't help you. Only I can help you. And God will put people in your life who love you and will encourage you and who will support you if you will let them. Mm-hmm. They love God. And they love you. And they're there for you. I know that when we get pulled back into that cage, even after God has set us free, many times we do so often ignore those who God sent to set us free again. That's right. I know circumstances where someone has tried so desperately to reach someone who God set free but that person willingly walked right back into the mess mm-hmm. and now they're trapped again and they'll slowly grow miserable and more miserable and more miserable and more miserable until they're right back to what caused them to call upon God in the first place mm-hmm. so you can only be in the cage so long Before you start to hunger for something real.
1: Mm That's wow. That's right.
0: See, you can only feed off of the illusion of the world for so long. Mm -hmm. Because make no mistake, what the world offers us is illusion drugs, alcoholism, addiction to pornography, addiction to sex. Those are all illusions. Mm -hmm. Why? What's an illusion? It can't last. Once it's tested for its ability to do what it represents, it can never do that. That's what an illusion is. Once you go to really test, is it there? It's not there. Gazing upon it gives you a sense of fulfillment. Partaking of what it has to offer gives us a sense of fulfillment. But ultimately... When it's the rubber meets the road, it's not there. Yep. And we're left alone and dejected and alone and sad and condemned and guilt and shame. When God says, I've got the real thing, just call on me. And it's not easy. If it was easy, you would be living in a world of perfect people. And even the people that are willing to help you, they're not perfect either. They're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're all walking out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We're all in that process of becoming more and more like God. But the Lord wants you to know today that his forgiveness is eternal and that he don't have to worry about your past any longer. Amen. that God has forgiven your past and he has for you a new future. Right, and man. that was not the direction I intended to go today. What someone needed to hear that I do truly believe. We need to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we need to forgive the people that are closest to us and we pretend like we don't have any fault with them. We need to, we need to forgive our spouses Maybe we need to forgive a parent, right? Many times it's, those are the hardest people to forgive because you trusted them and you loved them and you gave them everything that you had. But we have to forgive. And bearing that offense in a marriage relationship or in a home relationship, when it explodes, it's like it explodes right in the kitchen right in the middle or the center of your home, when it finally reaches the pressure cooker point and it has to be released, it ruins the household. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It doesn't just get on you. It doesn't just get on me. It gets on everybody and everything. And it leaves a stench and a mess that takes decades to clean up. And the process starts with calling upon God and asking God, saying, Lord, this offense exists, and I need your help forgiving. And sometimes forgiving others means contacting them. Sometimes it means just seeking God. But God will direct you on what process you should take, what process you and I should take, whether we should approach the person or not approach the person. Here's the thing. God will give you discernment because sometimes someone's going to hurt you and they're not even going to know they hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's true. Or sometimes they're going to hurt you and they're not going to care that they hurt you. And if you go to them and you ask, tell them that you forgive them, they're going to lash out at you. So you have to seek God for wisdom, guidance, and direction to be able to forgive without hearing someone say they're sorry. Ooh. Wow. And that's really tough because I've lived my life with a lot of people that owed me a sorry well I said they owed me a sorry but then when I look at all the people that I owe a sorry to I think, start to realize that my sorry list is bigger than the list of aughts against me when I really step back and look all the people that I des- that deserve to hear a sorry for me That'll never get to hear that from me. I start to think, I think I could forgive someone without them having to say they're sorry. Because so many times they're not going to say they're sorry. Or something will happen before they can say they're sorry. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You don't always have the Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, perfect fairy tale ending where everything works out. They say they're sorry, there's reconciliation, and everybody hugs and loves each other again. Sometimes the healing takes place between you and God. Yeah. Wow. And that healing is necessary so that when you're healed, you can help heal others.
1: Amen.
0: Right? Everything that you and I go through when we're hurt, we're offended, when when we face those things, God is growing us to help others. With your past, your mistakes, or with your offense that people have done against you or you've done against others, God is growing us to help us to minister to others and help them heal, help them heal from their wounds. In order to be able to forgive, you must first be forgiven by the creator. You must first ask him To forgive us of all of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he can help us forgive others. And you forgive and and you you tell them. You you bring up the offense. And you say God I know. I read a book that really helped me years ago. By Charles Stanley talking about forgiveness. and, And it was the whole thing with needing to hear people say they were sorry. I had this false Uh, uh, perception that I needed to hear the word sorry. And when I first started reading this book, it made me angry that I stopped and started it about four times. Because I honestly didn't want to forgive. It hurt and it bothered me. They owed me something. And then finally as I started getting through it and he offered something in that book that forever changed my life and that was to take a chair, set it when it was just me in the chair and set across from it. And unload on that chair and tell it you forgave it. And pretend like it's the person that hurt you. And it took a while and it took a long time of working through all of the anger and all of the hate and all of the bitterness. But to finally be set free without having to be told I'm sorry. And it changed my life. I can't promise for you. It will be like that, but that worked for me to be able to forgive without first someone saying, I'm sorry, and asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a one-time thing. I didn't set that chair down once and go through my list of alts and uh, uh, you know wrongs that people had done to me, and I had forgiven them. It took a very long time of sitting in front of that chair saying, God, help me forgive, and I forgive you. A very long time. And I still worry. There's one in particular person that I, I, if they were to walk through this door today, I still am worried at how I would respond. i like to think that I would respond the way that I should. And I believe I would, but I also know it would tear me up on the inside. It would hurt. But I know, I believe that I know that I could shake their hand and tell them I love them, even if I had some feelings here and there. We does not mean that we'll never have another feeling of rejection or anger. But it does mean instead of allowing it to control you, you control it.
1: Amen. Right.
0: We all want freedom. And we think freedom is having the right to hate who we want to hate. To be angry at who we want to be angry at. That's not freedom. That's bondage. Yeah. Freedom is forgiving who doesn't deserve to be forgiven. That's freedom and it doesn't sound, doesn't make sense, does it? But when you set them free, you're setting yourself free. Amen. And you're not being controlled by their behaviors and their words and their actions. You're now being controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you to be free from those things. Forgiveness brings freedom to them and it brings freedom to you. Amen. And that's. Critical and walking a triumphant life is that freedom, that freedom of forgiveness. Let us stand. bless you.